0: The Archetypal Tarot Podcast explores universal human patterns, called Archetypes, by investigating the major arcana of the ancient tarot. We recognize these archetypes because they are present in our own life stories, myths, and culture. Each card represents a stage of the journey for understanding the greater story of our lives.
1: Welcome to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. I'm Julianne Javell, and with me is my co host Sundara Quackenbush. And this card that we're about to talk about today, the tower, is so fraught with fear and superstition, we thought we'd just phone it in, which actually means for the first time ever in our history, we are recording this podcast over the phone.
0: We're on the phone.
1: So, on we won't phone. be phony,
0: we promise. It'll just be like a phone call on the podcast. It'll be lots of fun. I know.
1: It's like a call that we're all in on, I hope. And the reason for that is I'm actually in Southern California right now and have been for the last couple of months. And Sundara is back up in our hometown of San Francisco. And, Sandera, I I, I do have to say I miss our recording studio.
0: I know. I'm I'm still here, though. So uh, it's missing you, but, you know, it's represented in this phone call.
1: All right, you're holding down the fort, as it were, which is, I think, appropriate for this card.
0: <laughs> That's right. I'm holding the fort, as the English say. You're holding
1: say. part of it, anyway. <laughs> so, um, we're we're going to talk about the tower card, which is... Yeah, uh, speaking
0: of forts, we've got yeah, the tower.
1: Number card number 16, and, um, you know, as I mentioned just a second ago, oof, for me personally, I can't stand this card. This is the one, and you know me—I'm anti-superstition. But this is the one card that if I see, I'm like, "La!" Like I don't know. I hate this card. So it's I know be in plastic. our little
0: tower, our studio is like phew, not happening, and, and yeah. not happening during this time of the the falling tower. That that's pretty interesting to me. Maybe yeah. I'm the more superstitious one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why this is, a great, this is a great show for us to do is to sort of, you know, face stuff, you know, with our own personal experiences with it. And, you know, superstition happens. I like unpacking it. I like trying to take some of that out and see, you know, the, the truth behind what's really going on. Why are we afraid of this card um, other than just taking a look at it? It's kind of scary. We just Well, I'm, I'm so happy
0: we're talking about this card because I opened up a book about birthdays once. I don't have the information about that book uh, just happened to, but it's, you probably see It's this big blue book out there and it's about birthdays and you can look up your birthday and it gives you a tarot card for your day. And I, I got this, I got this card. This is my, my birthday card, the tower. And I was not elated when I realized that, but then, uh, I, you know, this card's really grown on me throughout the years since I've been working with it. And I can really see its value, even though, my ego hates it. I, I realize it's a totally essential card for the journey that we're on, That this yeah. tarot journey. And any hero's journey has this falling of the tower, which we will soon discuss.
1: It's so, true. And after, after everything we've been through with the last card, so... Yeah, let's, absolutely. Uh, let's dig into it and let's, let's, let's dig find into it. it. What's
0: going on here? So let's take a look at the, the images. Um, so as I always, I got the two cards that we usually look at, the Marseille's version of the Tower of Destruction, or in French, what do we have?
1: It's called La Maison Dieu. Oh, House thanks. She, she's
0: better at the French part than me. And it, and it means what?
1: it means the house of god.
0: You see this can't be so bad. This is this is a good thing. <laughs> um so in this Marseilles and, and and I think there is a crucial difference in the in the two decks here um between the rider Way and the Marseilles. And the, the Marseilles is a lot more of a palatable card, I must say. You know, we've got, even the lightning bolt is not even lightning-like. It's it's very feathery, and it's just simply knocking the crown off of this tower. Two people are, they look like they're somersaulting from very small windows. Um, and there's rainbow-colored gumballs in the sky. You know, I, I can handle that. <laughs> that. You know, this is, you know, we're going to survive this. But Jump in way, <laughs> you know, the, the lightning bolt is still only, uh, you know, striking the very top of the tower. The crown is, you know, this tower wears a crown, apparently, and and it's just flying off. And people are falling to a very, looks like it's going to be a very great distance. They've got pretty horrified expressions on their faces. The tower's on fire. So that just feels a lot more chaotic, a lot more difficult, a lot harder to survive. But, you know, there's value in both of these. Uh, So we're going to take a a deeper look at what this imagery might mean. Uh, But let's speak a little bit first about where we've come from along our trajectory. Uh, The last card was the devil card. And uh, what what do you make of, you know, gosh, we've, we've had some pretty... Dark feeling cards. Last time was the devil. Now we've got a falling tower. Uh, what do you make of this, Julianne?
1: You know, from a really basic level, it's like, can't we get a break here, people? <laughs> 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 it's like, come yeah. on, we've had death. We had a little bit of you know uplifting the
0: temperance, but
1: uh, uh, to to look at this one, really, you know, you know, to to look at it so straightforwardly. Like, there's an, I think it's pretty legitimate to, to want to complain, to be like, all right, I just had to face, you know, if you did, a, if you did the work with the devil card and you took a, a, a good look at sort of your, your own addictions and where you were sort of hooked into some things that are, that are disingenuous, that aren't working for you and aren't working for the greater good of other people in your life, then, then this one actually is, is like the, um, this one just goes okay. You looked at that. We're going to go a little deeper, and and you're gonna you're gonna get to a place of truth. That lightning strike. That like boom. The realization that you can embrace because you've already sort of if you've if you've done the work with the previous card and you've you know looked at it, then this is like another layer of like maybe if you had frustration and you were you were waffling a bit with those addictions, this is like the big one that goes boom. <laughs> you know, like here's the big yeah. truth. Where, you know, it's, this is one of those cards that's so out of your own hands, you know, it's the the only thing I think you can do because it's, it represents, you know, realizing a truth and a sudden impact and a revelation, um, disillusionment with, with maybe what you'd gone through in the previous set of stage. But what, what strikes me is it strikes me is you can't do anything Mm -hmm. about this one. It just happens and it comes out of nowhere. And, the only thing you can do is just sort of surrender to it and accept it and not not fight against it really so yeah uh, and the
0: previous card in the devil we saw two other figures a man and a woman that were tied to the devil they were they were chained up but we we both noted in the last podcast that they could choose they could have chosen to take off those leashes to take off those quite loosely tied ropes but in this, you know, something else needed to happen to to get that strike of change happening, to get that ball rolling in a new direction, and th- this feels very familiar to to people I've known, and and also working in addiction in this psychology world. Um, it, it's it's something that they often refer to as a rock bottom, or or something happens in life as a result of one's addiction that instigates a major change.
1: Yeah. yeah. The the hitting bottom is that, that opening moment. And it's not something you consciously can do for yourself. You can't, you know, The there's a, a parallel a little bit to like the dark night of the soul, you know, that process of bringing you through. You can't volunteer for it. You can't raise your hand for it. It is the universe's big swift kick in the you know what. And we can see that as being you know, you, it's, it's your your own perception, your own decision of how to work with it is to see it as a punishment or to see it as a, a part of your growth, whether you can be, continue to be open to that clarity of vision you get from these, these lightning strike moments, these, you know, like, oh my gosh, there's chaos, you know, the foundation of what you thought you built, which is what I see that tower is representing of, of everything even I think prior to the death card, because they were shriving away things in that card and letting everything go, this tower says to me, this is like the the physical, egoic um, representation of everything you sort of thought you were, you know, what -hmm. you thought you were really, really about. And that lightning strike hitting the the crown in the top of that tower is saying, nope, (laughs) you can't be arrogant anymore, you know.
0: That's right. And before we destroy the tower, let's take a little look, a a little closer look at the symbol of the tower, you know, built from its base. You know, it's not a a bad thing. You know, it's this it's a way for the earth to be connected to heavens. It's it's. The human's way of like, I want to be close to God. I want to, to have a connection with the sky. But it's really this problem that happens when that tower gets a little too tall and when it it gets a crown placed on top of it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, blocking that that openness, that connection to the conversation between spirit and matter. And so I think that's why the lightning bolt is striking off that that crown. It's, it's striking off the very top of it, like this is the problem. Things are getting too rigid. They're getting too disconnected from their earthly roots. Um, yeah. And that height is the hubris uh, that needs to be struck down.
1: There's a lot in the symbol of the tower, and that what you were just talking about earlier really reminded me of the, the, the maxim or the adage that the bigger they are, you know, the bigger they come, the harder they fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the the symbol of the tower is separation, right? So when mm-hmm. uh, you know in medieval times they would put someone in the tower to punish them, they would. Mm-hmm. It's about being put away. And and if you're if you're you're only including yourself and your own um, ambitions, and you're building that tower higher and higher and higher, you're farther away from everyone else, and your your ability to see sort of beyond your own perspective is getting smaller and smaller the higher you build that tower because at the top of the tower, everyone looks like little ants on the ground. How can yeah, they be
0: right.
1: How can we be interconnected? So this, this like, the lightning hitting the tower, This they also call it the card of the ego blow, you know, of that mm-hmm. transformation by explosion of uh, getting back down to realizing that we're all in this together and that other people are going through the same process um, that we are. To, you know, we're we're no longer, we can't see ourselves as being singular and superior. And we have to realize that there's no such thing.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's too much of a a singular look, outlook on life. And it very much reminds me of what they have talked about in psychology of being too heady or being too intellectual or beginning to see the world too objectively, which these are all gifts that we're able to have as. Uh, modern, civilized human beings, but we don't want to be imprisoned in in our own concrete, in our own objectivity too much, um, where things just become that cold intellect, seeing people as small as ants, like you just said.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there is, um, I like the phrase, finding the grace in the chaos. You know, because I think experientially on, on our day-to-day lives, the the experience of this moment of that universe's swift kick and the, you know what, the tower, the, you know, the sudden moment of realization, I mean, it's going to be different throughout our lives. I think it's an archetype that happens, but I think we will experience it in different ways and that fulcrum that I talked about of whether you're going to be open to the liberation, or the realization or whether you're gonna fight against it um, is a really is a really a big part of this archetype. And the the phrase that also came to mind for me was finding the grace in chaos um, or looking for or being open to when this chaos happens, what it, what are you also being freed from? What is what is that um, opening moment for you that if you if you are only concentrating on how bad things are for you due to this change or this giant lightning bolt, uh, metaphorically happening to you. If you're only focused on how bad it is, you're not going to, it's going to be really difficult to see what, what liberation is happening for you. And I think, um, looking at kind of how they just, how the card, um, the house of God is described as being chaos and crisis and impact and hard times. Um, that, that list of all the ways that, people experience it is a representation of how we can look at it and that we do have the choice of how are you going to look at it, you know, are you going to look at it as as liberation and transformation or is it going to be like this is just disruption and this disruption means you can't wait to get back to the same thing, the way things were, you know. Right, we saw that right. With the economy, you know, everyone's all, you know, it's been how many years? Two thousand eight till now. We're all like, let's, you know, very not as many people are are wanting to get back to the way things were. We we realized, oh crap, <laughs> right. it'll never be the same.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Never. So if things are destroyed, are you going to rebuild them the same way they were before, or are you going to? think outside the tower and create something <laughs> new. <laughs> that's that's going to be, I'm thinking outside of the box. I'm just going to start saying tower now. I'm just going to be like, think outside of the tower. Um, but yeah, it's not a, it's not an act of punishment, this lightning bolt. I think that's very important. It's not something you have, you don't have to feel guilt, this immense guilt about something that you were doing. It's simply that things got out of balance with what was happening and the the lightning bolt puts it back into equilibrium and is reanalyzed. And it's so interesting that this card has come up this week uh, in the larger scope of things in the news uh, that just in the past week with the Pope uh, resigning and a few hours later, a lightning bolt striking not once but twice the Vatican. I mean, this is crazy. This is really interesting to me.
1: (laughs) And to see the Vatican is that tower. Yeah. Very, much, you know, made by man, made literally made by man, um, and the, the the representation of this, you know, group of people who is religious order, this religious whole religion, and and what that what that looks like. And it's, uh, you know, being kind of an outsider. You know, I was raised Catholic, but. Um, hearing on the news people talk about how they have personally been shaken by the Pope's decision to step down. Mm. Uh, and it's just something that I was like, really? <laughs> like, he's just moving, you know, he's not going to die in office. But these, there were people who were genuinely feeling like they they were in their own personal chaos because they wow. really and truly honor him as the leader. And they're they were shaken by mm-hmm. this. Whereas, you know, the at least it seems from the secular world, they're like, hey, he totally gets his limits. Good for him. He's stepping down, you know. Somebody so powerful, they really respect somebody who stepped down, but then there's the other people who, it was chaos for them, Mm -hmm. um, feeling very worried about the future. So that really says a lot. It's interesting to see what culminates around the time that we're uh, doing these podcasts so we can point to them and make them very, like, relatable for people as I'm sure everybody, every possible listener, I guarantee you, has gone through a, a, a tower moment in their lives, and it is an archetype. It is, it is a part of our human journey. And yeah, just recognizing that, I, that everyone goes through, it's really important. It,
0: that is super important. I love the wisdom that you've shared about this card, which is finding that grace in what one feels during a tower-falling moment. Because those imps are not ready for what they're getting, but if one can trust that there's, this may be leading to something else, I think that that can be greatly comforting in, in times of chaos. And, um, yeah, I'm really taking that to heart.
1: Thanks. And just seeing how... They're rep- these two cards are represented so differently. And we've seen that quite a lot when we look at the Rider Waite and we look at the Marseille. And for me, it's usually the other way around where the Marseille is a little dark. But I look at, honestly, if you look at the Marseille, it's like the Monty Python version of the tower. <laughs> it really does. You know, when you said gumballs, I was like, I thought confetti because the two characters at the bottom of the Marseille kind of look like jesters. It looks like there's more of a party happening. Um, in in the card, because like all these little colored balls are flying, and that lightning bolt really looks more like a jokey Monty Python thing, and you know the sort of like the ridiculous and the sublime together. Um, with, it kind of reminds and, me
0: of of the whole um, society's gonna fall. Let's have a party. <laughs> Let's <laughs> things are breaking down. It's time to have a party. <laughs> I, I remember that element in, like, doing uh, war protests or, you know, going on these marches. You know, people would be like, oh, my God, this is like a huge party. It's chaos, you know. Um, so that's interesting that that element can be captured in a card.
1: And seeing the, the two different ones, and it's it, it reminds me that there's, there is a part of this, you know, this great realization, a lightning bolt of truth moment that is so incredibly liberating, where it's, you know, with the, we talked about the hitting bottom for the alcoholic or whatever, but when you, and I'm going to, I'm just going to say it the way I, I say it in my head is when you feel so screwed, <laughs> you're just <laughs> But like, I am so F right now. Like, I'm free. Like, really, it couldn't get any worse. Everything that I built is like kablooey, but you've never felt so free. And so I, I look at the, the Marseille Monty Python version of the card, and I really kind of see that representative of like, hey, you know what? I can let go of all this crap I was hanging on to because this all just happened and it's really out of my hands. And it's that, that sense of liberation that we. It's, we can't feel that sense of liberation when we are building the tower, because we're busy yeah. building, and this is this is the place that we kind of come to. And that, um, you know, when I personally kind of feel like, wow, how come I can't feel this liberation? At other times, it's just when I hit the bottom of whatever that I feel so free, and that to me is is a lot to work with. That like, oh wait a minute, could I? And studying Buddhism and things like that understand liberation in a different way that doesn't, doesn't always have to be about getting hit with lightning, you know, having that big change. Like, where else is liberation available for me to realize in the other parts of my life? That I just found really interesting, and that's why I love that Marseille card. I'm like, go oh, Mighty Python. All right,
0: that's <laughs> great, and, and I, I feel a sense of um, a flashback to the hanged man card which who's very peacefully hanging yeah. out. Um, and is I think we were being trained. We didn't know it back there in the hangman card, but maybe we were being prepared a little bit for this moment. Like, is, can you be graceful in sort of not being able to move and, and not being able to make a decision right now? There's a period of stasis. And here we're finding the grace in the falling. And, um, I think that that's that's the beauty of this journey now that we're beginning to kind of go towards the home stretch, just like wow we we be we're this wouldn't happen to us if we weren't prepared for it, you know in some deep way, even though it feels like chaos to our egos. We can do this and and that's the meditation offered by this card um, yeah. but you speak about liberation and you speak about freedom, which brings us to the the archetype of the liberator. Uh, will you tell us more about that archetype as you've experienced it as an archetypist?
1: As an archetypist? Sure. The as Liberator, I think this is a really appropriate one to talk about with this card um, because the Liberator is, I think, like it, if it were a coin, the other side of the Liberator would be the slave. And mm-hmm. we just met with the you know, the devil in the previous podcast and we talked about the addict. And the addict is a slave really, yeah. it, it, you know, it's essentially what they are. And so we have this looking at what we're enslaved to in the last part of the journey. And then we move into, you know, what, what the liberator is and how we can be liberated by outside circumstances and how we can be open to that and how, how we can be liberators ourselves. And the liberator archetype, I think people will tend to tend to think of political leaders and military people um, you know, Abraham Lincoln um, as, a, as a liberator, Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, people like that, depending on sort of what you believe in, you know, what liberate, what they liberated from, from what political leaders. And that's, and that's certainly true. And they're good representations of people who are um, dedicated and driven by the idea of liberation, of of freedom, of having people have the ability to make choices for themselves and to to spot where um, where there is tyranny, and you know, to stand up and do something for it, to to bring freedom to people, and the the thing that comes up for me beyond the, the what I think of the obvious Abraham Lincoln's and Gandhi's, there are people that I've met in my practice. That really are liberators and they're working in the health field or they're working in the world of psychology and and therapy and their motivation is the same. They are working to help people free themselves of their own negative thought patterns or beliefs or um, everything from, you know, poor nutrition. Um, I have have a client who's... um, works in acupuncture and nutrition. And really what she's doing is she's being a liberator. She's helping people free themselves from their, um, you know, the, the negative behavior or the behavior that's not good for them, the addictions and things like that. And so they're, they're working in the, in the probably less tangible, more philosophical way, but they're, they are about liberation. You know, and you think of the, the many iterations of Buddha, and what is Buddhism about? I think of that. And it is ultimately about being being free, being liberated from thoughts and ideas and things that that are um, you know standing in our way of our you know our own enlightenment or whatever you you want to call it. Um,
0: this is so interesting uh, that you're mentioning this because uh, I'm getting a flashback of of work that I had once with a client with the tarot, um, and the way that I work is that often a story emerges from the spread of the tarot cards. And instead of just uh, going to the heady interpretations right away of like what means what for your life and everything like that, we stay within the energy and the realm of the story for a little while, uh, often by having the client close their eyes and be in that story right then and be able to interact with the characters. And and for this particular client that I'm I'm remembering right now, she, in her active imagination, was in a very rigid castle, and she was trying to relate with the king of this castle. And, it, and she just felt like she needed to be outside. She needed to be with the plants, but there, there was these oppressive bars on the windows of the castle. She couldn't get out. And I said, "Well, what do you feel that needs to happen?" here in this castle. And she says, I just I just want to take the castle completely apart. Uh. And uh so we just allowed this to happen. I said you can take as long as you want. And in, in her imagination, she had all of these helpful workers and she just dismantled this castle uh brick by brick. <laughs> and uh the king was very rooted in the castle and and you know i think even a part of the foundation of this castle needed to be kept there because he was still so attached to it but something moved the energy was able to shift and the outdoors was able to come in and there was no more bars on the windows and and we were able to interpret later about what this meant for her personal life and what she needed to dismantle and break down but i think that there was there was something very important as often the case in tarot readings um, of the kind that I like to do, which is that in the imagery and in that act of imagination, the dismantling of the castle was, was the movement of that energy, was the capacity for her to become fluid again to, to ease the rigidity of that castle. And I, I'm realizing now how much that applies to this tower theme and, and breaking it down and liberating um, on a psychic level
1: yeah and and that, and what and just recognizing how separate we can get um with you know the the representation of that that tower and how it's it is a part of the process of um of taking it down and building it back up um it's terrible. I was just trying to remember the um tibetan Buddhist myth of the um Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember his name. I'll put it on the website if I can't think of it. But they essentially had part of his story is, um, you know, his his route to enlightenment. He worked he went and worked for a master after all these things happened to him. And the master had told him every day or every week he needed to go build this tower and they told him how to build it. And then he said, Okay, now knock it down and the guy's like, What? you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna knock it down and he's like, Nope, knock it down and So Or the Master would come and knock it down for him and part of, you know, his learning, his lesson was that everything has to come, has has to fall apart and then we build it again. And um, what, you know, eventually he had a really great sense of humor about it. And I think one of the the stories that are, Versions of the myth is that the master came to see him and saw the tower and then you know that he what he went and as soon as he saw the master he just pushed the tower down and was like see i did it he was like i knocked it down you didn't have to tell me so i was like you know kind of finding a little sense of humor and being like oh i get it okay there is going to be a deconstruction re- reconstruction that is a that is a part of of life and and you, when you start to see it you're it's easier to to realize you're not separate you know, from either the knocking down or the building back up. So
0: wow,
1: and it's just driving me crazy. so much the tip of my tongue of of what what um, character, what version of the Buddha that was. But I'll think of it later.
0: Email us and we'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll I'll hopefully remember. It's just one of those days where I'm like, what? Uh, I don't remember anything?
0: Your your memory is it's in the away. tower that has fallen. Yes. and we must move on. Um so let's turn to films with this uh falling of the tower or or even just the tower trapped in the tower uh theme. Um, oh.
1: It's yeah. So big. It's such a part of really I
0: I um, think it's always always happening, yeah. Right? It's, yeah.
1: It's a huge huge part of um certainly American and that the country of the United States, there's you know, that theme of tyranny and liberty and, and liberation. So um, it's, a, it's a big list, but I'm gonna hone in on a handful of uh, you know, the, the easy ones for the liberator. Lincoln, most recently, we just had the Oscars, um, is certainly there, and um, I'm thinking also Sally Field, she did the movie Norma Ray. Those are classic liberator archetypes. But more in the theme with the tower, and that situation, I just recently saw the film The Hunger Games. I know, I know, I didn't see it in the theater. It took me forever to see it. But um, I saw it and I really enjoyed it. And spoiler alert, people, uh, the, the main character, Katniss, is a, a young woman. At the beginning of the film, you know, there's her, they have to deal with the potential chaos of these young people who might get chosen to go into these games or it's like you're fighting to the death. So they, 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 all, the, all the characters in the film are raised knowing that this could happen at any time. So their, their sense of chaos, it's that tower strike, could happen at any time. And throughout the film, the main character is, is making choices, making very like, difficult choices in relation to the chaos. From at the beginning, she volunteers to go instead of her sister to, into this great fight to the death. Um, and, but her choices, she's fighting and caretaking at the same time, which I thought was very interesting. And her, no matter what, she is, she is truly trying to be liberated herself and fighting for that. And she is also highly invested in liberating the people that she's with, um, that are either fighting against her or fighting with her. And at the end, she really is making a choice of, of liberation by all means necessary. And for her, that either means you know suicide or you know, making making a pact to that they either die or they win the game, and I thought that was really fascinating in terms of the, the dealing with the lightning strikes and um, just facing it in a, the the most open uh, way possible. So I thought that was an interesting twist, and I just saw it, so I was like, oh, let's, let's talk about that. Um,
0: and it's it's also just hugely captured the imaginations of of particularly a lot of young people in our country and throughout the world, another female author coming forth with these, uh, we've got those hunger game obsession and what to do when you're trapped in a situation. And can you see beyond what the, the high voice of the, this government is saying? And can you bust out of the tower?
1: Yeah. And, and like you were, you were saying earlier, Sandra about the, um, the way the hunger games are are set up that is essentially the tower and everything is being manipulated and they know at any time you know lightning can strike um, and they could get killed or you know something could be floating in from the heavens to help them and that 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 in itself is the tower that they're in and essentially what Katniss wants to do is take the whole freaking thing down Um, and I don't think her character realizes that at the beginning in any conscious way but I thought Mm -hmm. that was a interesting way if people are going to you know look at this card through a film and through the eyes of this young um heroine it would be an interesting one to look at and um i would encourage any of our listeners too if you watch say any of these movies and you've got some ideas about it please put it in the um, make a comment um on the on the on the blog on the website we'd love to hear from you because you know I, i talk to other people and they have these great ideas so i love it when those get get shared yeah, that would be
0: great. And uh, I turning that. to other isolating island situations, you mentioned that uh, Tom Hanks in Castaway
1: yeah. uh, was
0: another um, version of this tower. How so?
1: It really is. Well, the, uh, the film Castaway, it's, it's a good number of years ago, but um, Tom Hanks is playing this. I think he's an executive with like FedEx. And he is really, really built, you know, he is helping build the tower of the corporate FedEx, you know, he is so dedicated to everything being on time. And, and he's really created this own tower in his own mind of the way everything has to be. And he's so kind of obsessed with his job um, that he doesn't even, you know, even Christmas, he decides to get on a plane to go and make sure that things are running on time. And that's, He's just obsessed with time and, and really falling in step with the way things have, have been laid out in his life and that he's laying out in his life to the to the point that he leaves his fiancé behind, essentially. And in the film, I see that as really leaving his heart behind, his feminine side, his you know, feelings. And so he steps onto this plane, and the lightning strike literally is a storm that the plane goes through. And I believe it's lightning that hits the plane, and the plane goes down, and he ends up in the ocean. Um, he is cast away and everything that he has worked for, every every like um, touchstone of his own life that makes him feel like who he is, which includes his job and getting things done and his watch, are all gone. And he ends up being on this island, I don't know for how many months, a year or something like that. But you see him throughout the film having to let go of that structure and that tower, and really, he has to come back to his life in a completely different way. Um, that whole movie is really about that liberation, and mm-hmm. how painful it can be, and painful especially because it gets drawn out. And he really had to lose his mind on that island, and the, the beautiful sort of trajectory of it towards the end, when he's coming back, and and uh, the symbol of wings throughout the film is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I recommend that one. It's kind of a long movie, but I think symbolically it is incredibly rich and really exemplifies this, the lightning strike of you think you got everything going. You think, you know, that your, your, your mind has arranged everything and then boom, it's, you know, it can be, it can be taken away. So um, I, those, those are two different ways to look at it Castaway and in the Hunger Games. Yeah, and
0: as you were talking about Castaway, I was reminded about uh, Groundhog Day, and it's kind of funny because mm-hmm. we just had Groundhog Day here in early February recently, um, and uh, Bill Murray's character, this hotshot weather reporter or, you know, general reporter in a small town, and, and you know he's built his tower of ego, like, I'm the best, and nobody can be in my way or cause me any delay or whatever. And uh, And he literally gets stuck into the tower of one day and has to relive it again and again and again. And he can't even escape through death, which is such an interesting and painful situation for his ego that he just has to keep facing these things again and again and again. Uh, The film has a bit of a moral element, like, okay, you need to be a good person and and do this thing, and then you can be liberated. But um, it's a very fun, entertaining movie, too um, and, to experience for sure.
1: <laughs> I think it's, it's also, it's another great sort of valid perspective of, you know, the, the lightning strength doesn't always have to be, you know, you're whomped on the, on the behind. It can be just a, a repetition of things that yeah. <laughs> it can happen in a, in a different way. And I think, you know, for me, I look at the two and I've experienced both sort of, those lightning strike type things of like, oh, I'm doing this again and again and again and again. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, sometimes yeah. it does take the repetition of like, holy crap, I really am doing the same thing again and again and again. Okay, I, I, and that that lightning bolt of consciousness uh, uh, of that fact is what helps to liberate you and to change it. For uh, Carl Jung, the the lightning bolt signifies a sudden, unexpected, and overpowering change. Um, of the psychic condition and so if you're dreaming of lightning bolts or even if it's just a flash of sudden illumination and understanding uh, these are liberators and that they happen to us pretty frequently but we have to be going through the grind of life to get there
1: <laughs> true and that, that being you know the more you fight against the change the less you're going to see the freedom of it um, which is why I think sometimes life will push us down farther and farther and farther until we hit the bottom and we go, oh, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, I'm free now. It really, it couldn't get more screwed up. <laughs> like, there, right. I did it.
0: And so it's the, so through the tower, I think we we're, we're finding is that we, we can see the light within the lightning and through the fall of the tower, a new illumination. Yeah. So it's not so bad, okay. The falling car <laughs> thing yeah, we live, you know we live through it. Are you yeah. feeling better about the tower yet? <laughs> I in,
1: I know I am and I think uh <laughs> I think it's a really fun thing to see what happens next. Uh we're going yes. to go from the tower to the star and Thank um, God.
0: I mean stars they just sound so nice, don't they? <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think looking. there's
0: a naked woman in the next card. I this is so wonderful. I'm very excited. <laughs>
1: um, and if people are listening to this sort of in, in order, um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hand out a surprise assignment for people. Um, oh, I think homework. I know. See I didn't even tell you about the homework. Well no, it's an idea. Just for the heck of it. If you're a movie person, enjoy enjoy film, the film The Beasts of the Southern Wild. Yes. Yes. I and why didn't that, that little girl
0: win Best Actress? I would like to know.
1: Ugh. She's nine. I don't know. She's adorable. But, okay, so here's, here's the assignment, you know, should you choose to accept it, between now and, say, about a month when we do our next podcast, just watch the film The Beast of the Southern Wild. See if you can pick out flavors of the last couple of cards that we've talked about, I think, starting with Death, and moving forward, or even The Hanging Man and moving forward, and see if you see these themes coming up. Um, I, and, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that in relation to the tower than into the star, because they're there, and how does our, our heroine, our little six-year-old hush puppy, um, work with these changes? And that what I want to kind of leave people with is the, the idea is that these archetypes are flowing, these, these stages of the journey, they didn't just start when we turned 22 or when we picked up our first tarot deck they go all the way back, and we're seeing it through the eyes of a child with the Beasts of the Southern Wild. So go check that out, have fun with the people, and uh, we'll weave that in with the, the next podcast. How's that sound, Sandera? That sounds
0: great. I can totally see the falling tower in the Beast of the mm. Southern Wild. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the star. Yes, well, I am so excited to talk about the star and the beasts with you next time.
1: Yeah, excellent. Well, this has been lovely, and we managed this on the phone pretty well, I think.
0: Yeah, any feedback, um, things you notice about phone calls or anything else in general, let us know.
1: Absolutely, and you can reach us at our email address, which is aetpodcast@archetypist.com. at archetypist.com. So until next time, thanks, Sundara. Thanks, Julian. Thanks for listening to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. For the complete show notes with references and links, please go to archetypist.com slash 2013-03-04-tower, or just go to archetypist.com and type in the word tower in the search bar. Thanks so much for listening, and join us next time for the Archetypal Tarot Podcast.